0: what's up guys welcome to the first jump x podcast i'm here with mr austin young what's up guys what's up oh and now the dog's jump. oh here he is
1: bro
0: (laughs) Bro, what do you want all right well i guess we've got a third guest on guys all right so yeah welcome to the first episode of the jump x podcast basically it's a very simple episode we're going to kind of talk about what we do uh where we've come from little bits about ourselves yeah and like who we are and you know kind of how we started kind of I guess our uh, superhero origin
1: stories, you know?
0: Yeah, if you're only, okay. yeah. So you want to okay. So, who are you? Are like, the villain? Or am I the villain? <laughs> I think... Oh, I don't know. I think you have the villain arc, to be honest. True, okay. I'll uh, be the villain. Yeah. So, you'll be like Batman. Yeah, you like Batman anyway. So, yeah, Batman. you can be Batman. I'll be... I can be Robin. Batman's Even my the favorite Robin superhero. Looking, yeah. Anyway, Austin, do you want to go first, kind of speaking about where you've come from? Like, where did Vertical Jump journey start for you? Uh, I'm not going to start it. Actually at my vertical jump
1: journey, I'm gonna start it all the way back to when I was probably six years old. So when I was uh, six years old, that's when I first started playing basketball pretty much. Um, Started my basketball career there and I've been playing basketball ever since I was six up until like around 22 years old. Like I played uh, Wobble. Um, Just
0: for you, like people who aren't from Western Australia, Wobble is like state basketball.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like one below state, so it's like representing the club of the, like, the suburbs. Oh, like your age group. Right? It's like your age group, right? Like, wall? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wool, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, basic, basically, it's like a, like, not the highest level, but a decently high level basketball. So, I played that from under 12 to 11 squad all the way up until under 16s, then stopped. I was in a basketball scholarship at a high school, probably... Um the best high school in Western Australia for basketball. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that for five years. So I was pretty intense. Um very into basketball, but that kind of faded for me. My interest in basketball kind of faded um after high school. Um and basically after high school I just I was a skinny, lanky kid. I was a tall, six four guy, unathletic, skinny, um literally like no muscle mass on my frame at all. My legs were decent my legs have always been decent but my upper body like my arms um, like i was like dead skinny um so after high school i just i started getting into youtube fitness just wanted to get big just wanted to um you know get some mass on me you know david laid all yeah that, yeah, yeah, all yeah. That stuff, yeah yeah that guy's huge inspiration for me and big reason why i'm where I am today in terms of uh what i'm doing now uh, but basically just went through a phase just wanted to get my mu- uh build muscle get big Um, and then slowly, um, after a period of time, I transitioned into, uh, focusing more on athletic athletic performance, getting more athletic, um, improving my agility, um, improving my vertical jump. Um, and for a long time, like I was actually unaware of, um, like the ability to actually improve like your vertical jump. Like, so... Like the whole time I was growing up I'd look at people throwing down dunks, like throwing down windmill dunks, and I'd always I'd always wonder like how the how the hell they do that. Like how they how they get up. And I just thought it was all just purely genetics, you know, it's just like what you were born with. If you weren't born with those hots and, you know, that's it, you know. Uh, but slowly over time I basically learned that uh, obviously genetics play a huge role in terms of your overall athleticism. Like that's that's just a fact. But if you train in the right way, you can actually do a lot to improve your athleticism, and that's what I started investing a lot of my time into and learning more and more and more, um, about that sort of stuff. And my training started to re- revolve around actually improving my vertical jump, getting better, um, at dunking, and yeah, it's led me to where, um, I pretty much am today in terms of in terms of that.
0: Real quick, you were playing basketball until like twenty two, right? Like, yeah. you know, in the leagues, whatever. Yeah. Would you say one of the reasons you kind of got into the world of dunking, and I don't want to take like full credit for this, obviously. It's like that one time we met at the stadium, right? Yeah. My yeah, dad went yeah. over to you and he's like, you know, are you trying to come dunk or whatever?
1: No, actually, actually, I came up to you guys because I saw you came one. up to us. Like, yeah, 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 I know yeah, what
0: quarter yeah. was on as well. But like...
1: Yeah, but, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I was doing Vertec testing at the time and you guys were obviously like dunking down yeah. in Copenhagen. I was like, oh, this is a good opportunity to go talk to these guys because I thought these mm-hmm. guys would be like interested. In doing that obviously mm. you know finding out your vertical using a using a vertex, yeah yeah
0: oh yeah because we went to a, a club that i'm not going to name and we did the vertex testing there because you invited us to that right yeah i forgot about that okay yeah, yeah. yeah all right well actually i knew about you before i actually ever talked to you because i'd seen you on like because with, with instagram right what you, what you can do is like if you tag a location right and you tag tagged Coban Arc. Yeah. It's like shows you all the posts that have been tagged like that. And I just went on there for I don't even know what reason. And I saw a guy dunky, I'm like, Oh yeah, cool. And I saw it like two weeks later. And then that's how we actually officially met. Yeah, so that's, that's actually-, it. That's,
1: actually a that's actually crazy, I remember you telling yeah. me that story. Literally, that was a, like when I saw you guys there, that was the first time I saw you on your view. But like, I didn't know about you before then. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw this guy throwing down this crazy windmill dance, and I'm like- what Was that
0: 2020?
1: Uh Yeah. I think it was after COVID. I think it was after COVID, after 2020, COVID. yeah.
0: i so I was alright at dunking then.
1: <laughs> no, but you could win more then, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah if it was 2020 I could win more, so. And that was with, like, all the OG squad from the original dunk vlogs, all that. Yeah. So, alright, okay, I just wanted to clear that up, so. So,
1: like, obviously, that's when we first met. Like, tell us, or tell everyone about, like, your story about, you know, how you kind of got into dunking, mm. how you started, you know, tell us your superhero origin
0: story. Alright, so... I think for a lot of dunkers this the story is quite similar like you start playing basketball, you know Early years like eight years old, whatever and you play all the way up until the end of high school right same as you yeah, and then after high school obviously most people aren't gonna make the pros and That's somewhat similar to me But I actually really got into dunking in my last year of school. So year 12 or senior year if you're from America I really got into dunking year 12 because i started at the start of year 12 it was kind of like a new year's resolution i was like yeah i want, I want to dunk couldn't touch a ring at the time and then my little i guess not my love for basketball diminished but my love for dunking just went Phew. so i was still playing basketball at the time in year 12 but like all i could think about was dunking like i'll be in class i remember every monday before school finished we had like a like a study period I wasn't studying. I was watching Dunkademics. I was like, I wanna go try that dunk after school. So one of my mates and I, we'd go Mondays after school, we'd go dunk for like three hours every week. And then that's kind of how I got into it. And then obviously school finished, started going to uni. My love for dunking just kept going up and up and up. I had more free time. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, is
1: that around the time you like started watching Steven Selly? Because I remember you saying he was like a huge inspiration for you. Yeah,
0: so this was 2018 when I was in year 12. I probably started watching Stephen before I went for dunking. Yeah. Maybe like a month before. Yeah. So, like, yeah, basically it started in 2018 is when I started watching Stephen. And if it wasn't for Stephen, we would not be here right now. Well, at least I wouldn't be. Because he's like my David Lade, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Stephen Sully is the inspiration for me. And then basically from there, it's not really too complicated. Just... Kept training, jumping like twice. At some points, I was jumping like every day. I think, well, Did you really go through that stage where you jumped every day? Or were you uh, too old by that point to kind of get away with it?
1: No, I never went through a stage of jumping every day. Because um, for a long period of time, even though I was training to jump higher, I wasn't actually going out and jumping much. Because like, I was playing a lot of basketball. True. At the time, I was playing basketball like four times a week. So I never yeah. went through a stage of jumping every day because literally i was already doing so much i think i was literally like from memory only jumping like maybe once or like max if it jumping like once or twice a week maybe (laughs) but like that was when i was playing basketball when i was when i actually like transitioned from like oh i'm actually gonna stop playing basketball i'm just gonna focus on dunking now Mm. it was probably around one time it was only one time per week honestly
0: was that down at stadium yeah and that's what and okay. that's around the
1: time when i started like dunking with you more and dunking yeah with all the boys more
0: okay so that's so interesting though but not even in. it's just like of all the days to pick you pick the same day that we were dunking on like there's so many things that could have happened where was it a friday meet. yeah 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 it was a of course it's friday yeah 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 so it's just i don't know just like very random circumstances that we met and then we both got into this but yeah uh that's kind of yeah my story I don't think I'm really missing much. Nothing really happened that dramatic after that. Kind of just kept dunking, kept trying to hit better dunks. Uh, I did go to dunk camp in 2019. At that point, what was my best dunk I could hit? Maybe like. I think I had windmilled like twice at that point, and I hit one windmill at dunk camp. That's so. crazy, hey. That's what? crazy. Like how much you've progressed since
1: 2019? Mm-hmm. I only- was 18
0: though, so I was, I, was a bit of a, <laughs> I was a bit of a baby. Like, I'm 21 now, so I've had a lot of time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I hope I could jump higher in three years, you know? Wait, so what age did you hit your like, first East Bay? 19. That's crazy. It was man. before COVID.
1: That's crazy. What would, you, what would you say your vert was when you hit your first East Bay? Probably like 40. 40? Like yeah. 40 exactly? Maybe a little bit over. Okay. Like 41, 42. I was probably
0: only touching like eleven, two. No. Yeah, 11, 2, 11, three. Because yeah. I touched 11, 1 at Dunk <laughs> Camp 2019. And then after that, like s- four months after, or f- you know, four to six months after, that's when I eastbait. So I, I definitely gained a few inches on my vert between then. So it was 11-2 when you hit your first eastbait. Yeah. Okay. So what you're saying is, I, yeah, yeah, I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if
1: I get the technique down, I can, I can technically hit eastbait yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of motivating to think about. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing is, I hit my first spade on our home rim. So obviously, yeah. if you guys dunk or you've like ever used a home rim and you compare that to a rim at a stadium. They're a lot like flimsier. So basically you can like grab on them. Uh, You can front rim it. You can like push the ball through. So you're more likely to hit dunks, right? It's easier
1: to make. It's a lot softer of a rim. So they're like way more forgiving. Like even when you're just shooting a basketball normally, like shooting Mm -hmm. a basketball on a rim that's flimsy, like it's way more likely to bounce in and for you to get a lucky bounce. I guess it's kind of similar to dunking, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's way more forgiving. So like when you get the dunk and you can only just get the ball over the rim, Mm -hmm. it's way more forgiving because it's not stiff. You can slide it in way more because it, it reflexes more, right? Yeah. 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 Just slip it in. Yeah. <laughs> <Shit>. yeah. <laughs> but I was trying to say, I know. But.
0: yeah. <laughs> that's because I hit my first out there. And yeah. it took me three months to hit it on a uh, mm. indoor court. Really? Yeah. I Cause I hit it at the end of 2019.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. So I
0: would have just turned 19. Yeah. That's and then cool. yeah, three months later. And it I was, it wait, court. it was off lob, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It took me like I can't even remember when the first time we went off dribble was. Yeah. It was, I think it was twenty twenty one, because you know we had like the first lockdowns, but then we had like those second kind of wave lockdowns like. Next. Yeah. So it was then it was yeah because I remember I had a mask on when I hit it so yeah it was around twenty twenty one I hit an east bay off the dribble. The okay. Time. It was the same day I hit uh behind the back off the dribble. Because yeah. it's easier it's easier to hit an e speed
1: off dribble right in terms of. Like the technical, like the, like how, how hard it is. To yeah, hit if the you dunk, threw someone but,
0: in who's never done dunking before, they're going to have an easier time doing it off the dribble. Yeah, it's just you've
1: got to have a higher vertical though to do it yeah. off the dribble. Yes, yeah, yeah. Although, see, that's the, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing that a lot of people don't uh, realise with dribble dunking and like off lob dunking. Like obviously, if you can get good off lob, it opens up so many opportunities to hit more dunks in terms of oh, yeah. more technical dunks mm. like windmills, e-space because you can maximise your full vertical more. Yeah. Ball but it's just the skill of timing the lob, that's what makes it harder. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they both have, I guess, perks and um, things that are hard about them uh-huh. in terms of in terms of actually you know, getting good at trick dunks. So like, obviously off dribble, we got to jump higher to hit those more technical dunks, but it's easier to hit those more technical dunks because it's not as complicated trying to time a lob. A mm. little less you go long in the air. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. you've already exactly. got more with you. Exactly. exactly. You can have like the first time right, I win milled was off dribble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real quick, so,
0: just <laughs> should we go? Yeah, go onto like how you hit that because we've both agreed that that should have never happened. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So because like, it happened so. Oh hard yeah, and yeah.
1: So if, like, if anyone, if anyone goes back and watches my first windmill dunk and like actually really slows it down and looks and like actually watches how I put the ball in the rim, like literally it should not have gone in the rim was it was actually like pure luck that it actually went in. Like, because my hand was like not even getting high enough to actually Mm. put it in properly. You know what I mean? Like, fingertip. No, it's literally like, is like, it like back rims, but it like so luckily, like back rims, it slid in. Yeah. Yeah. Stop smiling, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then how long did it take to hit the next meal after that? Oh, it was like, was it, it was like,
1: like ages, it was like three to four months after that. That was stupid. Yeah. yeah. That's actually, that's, that's actually a good segue actually into mm-hmm. the injuries we've had. Oh, yeah, I got, said, yeah, yeah. cause after that time, after hitting my first wheel, I think a month or two after that, this I actually, is... yeah, well, I didn't tear I my mean, just but I aggravated it. Yep. And it kind of messed up my dunking for like eight weeks or something, okay? Yeah. I almost felt like I had to start again. Mm terms of dunking or like at least putting up my confidence to actually push myself again and you did that
0: meniscus through repetitive spin dunks right we we, i i don't i actually don't
1: know the exact instance where i actually hurt it but i'm just assuming that i hurt my meniscus um through actually attempting 360s because how you hurt your meniscus is um putting force through your knee but um when the actually uh the tibia and the femur like rotate like that so you can imagine when you're it's doing a three sixty, yeah the rotational compressive forces so you can imagine when you're attempting a 360 um uh, you're very prone to that mm. uh injury if you're not actually doing it correctly and not spinning spinning in the air and this is around the time when i was first learning the 360 so i just assume it was when i was actually um, attempting three sixties, but I have no idea because it kind of built up over a period of time. Like it was kind of like not like I noticed nothing, and then I'll do a remaining deadlift one day, and then it felt like my knee was giving way, and I didn't understand yeah. why my knee felt like it was giving way, and then it just slowly got worse and worse and worse, and then um, I was still jumping through it and squatting through it, and then one day it just swelled up like crazy. I remember you texting me,
0: and you're like, "What the." F-? Well,
1: yeah. Really hot. Um, then I was. Yeah, yeah. Then it's like I was
0: actually like hot to touch,
1: right? Oh, it wasn't hot. No, oh. no, 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 no. That's that's another that's another thing. You
0: but see the light just turned on randomly. All right. Anyway, that's crazy. We've All got right. we've got cool. ghosts in here, yeah. guys. What you say?
1: <laughs> we got we got the dump gods in here. <laughs> yeah, they're
0: looking. They're not looking after me, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, uh, basically, uh, it just swelled up like crazy and then i was like oh yeah mm-hmm. something's actually seriously wrong here i need to actually go, this, go to get this checked out went to a physio got it checked out told me i aggravated uh my meniscus and then obviously went through a full rehab for that it wasn't too extensive it was probably like two weeks or something and mm-hmm. i started easing back into squats and jumping like hell slow but it was just kind of like oh man i just like i couldn't i couldn't dunk at that point No, but i actually I remember the first dunk.
0: session back you were like uh oh, i'm just gonna touch the rim today
1: yeah, literally, literally. My first session battle was like five jumps, yeah. like just touching a rim, because obviously your meniscus is a shock absorber, mm. and obviously doing padding. Yeah, yeah. It's like going back into max effort jumping is not a good idea not. by any means. So I eased into it. I was very careful because I didn't want to do a full tear because it was full tear. That's like six to eight weeks out. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I was like pretty much, pretty much like you know, screw that um and then slowly the east back in. and i think it took ages to get back to where it was
0: like mm. it was like two months or more yeah and that okay so after you did your meniscus it took like six to eight weeks to get back to where you were and then kind of what level were you at there what kind of dunks were you hitting well after i got back yeah oh, oh just you, like, like, you were just way worse than you were around. honestly
1: like no trick dunks. No oh. trick dance, just like normal dance, like yeah. two handers, one handers. Like o- off, backboard. off backboard. Yeah, off backboard. Yeah. Just really basic stuff, man. Like nothing crazy by any means. And this was like this would have been like like October, November last year, honestly. Around okay. that. Yeah. Was it Actually. Yeah. Okay, I thought it
0: was a lot longer than that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah so it was around that point. Yep. Um, but yeah, I guess we're on the topic of injuries, that's one of, that's one of my bigger injuries. Obviously, I've had, uh, jumpers knee. Right, well, that's then. the most common one Like anyone that's, anyone that's yep. a dunker, you know, like, if you don't get jumpers knee, you're seriously, seriously lucky, man. Or you haven't jumped like, enough. Yeah.
0: Or you don't jump or, high enough. Yeah, man. or you
1: haven't trained enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, bro, <laughs> find someone over 45 inch vertical who doesn't have or has never experienced some kind of knee pain yeah you're not right. going to sorry
1: even if not even NBA players as well right yeah but like, that's also
0: because like this like play 80 yeah because the schedule's that freaking crazy
1: yeah. but yeah basically i've had jumpers knee I've had jumpers um on. tom yeah you've had jumpers yeah. knee right though
0: yours is quad
1: yeah yeah so mine's above the knee so um above the knee room, cut here. which is a little bit different than where most people get it but yeah, it's, it's rare for sure it's rare for yeah. sure whereas yours was like the very stereotypical common yeah. one yours was like below the kneecap yeah. right right it's, there that's exactly what, like most people get it and yeah. i'm sure like most of you guys listening to this were like oh yeah you know i've heard someone you know complaining about pain there. or if it's
0: yeah if it's not you yourself as well like yeah yeah um but yeah but the thing is because obviously they're different in, or injuries are <clears throat> if you want to call them um they have to be treated differently right like different isometrics help different types of knee pain. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Right, percent. So things, you know, like the way you're progressing is going to have to be different. So the way you went about yours is completely different to mine because I've never had much yeah. wood, uh, quad tendon pain. Yeah, And yeah. I don't think you've had patella, right?
1: Yeah, I've never had patella. It's actually crazy. Which like- it doesn't make... I've played a stupid amount of basketball in my life. There's times where like anyone that plays basketball in WA knows what the state championships are in terms of the basketball carnivals. Mm-hmm. Literally, you're playing like eight plus games in a weekend. And there's times where I was doing that, playing eight plus games. They're not, granted, they're not fully full games, I like thirty games, but still playing eight times. If you're getting finals, you're playing more than eight times in one weekend. And I, I never got knee pain. I never had any issues other than just muscular fatigue. Right. Which is crazy, but the minute I start getting into the jump and training to get my yeah. belt higher, yeah, knee pain sets in, and I guess you're, you're a similar similar case, right? A similar scenario?
0: Mm. Real quick with that, there's probably many reasons why that didn't happen. One of them being you're probably a lot younger. Yeah. You're like 15, whatever. Yeah. So, so obviously that's another thing, right? It's because you're younger, get away you're with it. less developed, you know? Your force output's a lot lower, so you're putting, technically, like, overall less force into your knee. S- because so, you were 50 kilos. Well, it's like because the know. intensity is lower in terms of the movements, in
1: terms of your change of direction. Now, the oh, height yeah, you're jumping, yeah. the forces you're putting through the knee because mm. you're not as strong, you're not as powerful. Um, obviously, because you're not as fully developed, you haven't fully gone through puberty at that point. No. Obviously, you can handle more training volume when you're younger mm. um, and put more volume into your body when you're younger for that for that reason, right? Mm. Um, but as you get older, obviously, you start putting more forces through your body and, it, and that's like um, as your vert starts to climb, as your vert starts to uh, really get up there, right? Yeah. You're putting way more force through your body, way more force mm. through your knees, so and because intensity is higher, then no one that knows anything about training, right? This is just a general concept in terms of training and, and periodization, as the intensity climbs up over the course of a program, the volume needs to somewhat drop to kind of compensate for that, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess volume it's kind of a similar a similar principle with jumping. Well, right? Yeah,
0: and even if you look at the best jumpers in the world, they all had a point in time where they did jump every day. And not that jumping every day is a bad thing. Yeah. But even Jordan Kilgannon said himself, he didn't go from one day doing zero jumps the next day jumping for six hours. Yeah. Everyone goes, oh, Jordan jumped for six hours. Uh, let me do the same. Nah, he he did jump for six hours. We like built it up over time. Yeah, yeah, that that's. And yeah. That's what it's about for everything though, to do with training. You, you got to build slowly. That's a key point, right? Yeah, for every, yeah, That's
1: a key point, man. Like literally like just building up slowly and building up your volume slowly, not rushing into anything. So, so if you haven't jumped for like 10 years or done anything for 10 years, mm-hmm. don't go out and jump 50 to 100 times. Like you're just asking that knee pain at that point. And of course, you're going to get knee pain at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because your body's not conditioned and ready for that yeah. type of jump volume, right? Mm-hmm. But if you build up slowly, build up your jump breath slowly, and build up slowly over time, then that's a recipe to stay healthy and avoid so many injuries, mm-hmm. right? People are mm-hmm. like going on about the amount of training volume you do, right? But like- I was never,
0: I wasn't always doing that. You weren't always doing
1: that. you built up slowly mm-hmm. over time to be able to handle that yeah. workload of volume. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like overnight, oh, I'm just gonna do friggin' like 10 sets of squats, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So.
0: And it, it kind of brings yeah. me to the point where a lot of these basketball guys, right? You know what I'm getting at when they go, oh, I play basketball seven hours, like I play basketball seven days a week for 20,000 hours a second. And then it's like, why do my knees hurt? <laughs> yeah. Like, Bro, what
1: you, yeah. What you? yeah. We're not, we're not going to name names there, but yeah. No, <laughs> but
0: it's, yeah, it's one of my pet peeves because yeah. it's not that it's a bad thing, but you've got to realize that the human body can only recover so fast.
1: Yeah, the, the human body like it's an amazing like it's an amazing thing, right? It's so 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 adaptable, right? To so many things. But if you're just going out there doing silly things like playing basketball for four hours every day yeah. constantly, not building up to things slowly, not increasing your workload and volume slowly, then of course you're gonna run into all these issues, you know and yep. that's kind of like that's how that's basically how like i got knee pain you got knee pain mm-hmm. how i got achilles pain as well well sort of like we weren't, you weren't really ones were weird. yeah it's a bit weird but that's like that's how you got would you say that's how you got knee pain is that was, how you got knee pain yeah because i jumped like, every day
0: on top of my programming yeah which was like terrible hard stuff in the gym right yeah like it was <laughs> stupid load in the gym yeah. I was like, alright, let's jump every day on top of that. Yeah. And I got away with it for a bit. Yeah. But you know, the higher I started jumping, the more like the workload accumulated. Caught, so eventually, it caught up to me. Yeah. yeah. And then I got to the point where I couldn't even get all, like walk upstairs. Yeah. Like doing that, like bending my knee, yeah. like that would hurt. Yeah. So I'm like. Yeah. Had to take a step back. Yeah. So.
1: No, I feel you, man. Like I, I've, I've been to that point as well. With my knee pain, like literally, yeah. I, I used to work a good life. I was a trainer. A um, like good life is a gym in Australia. If you're not in Australia, you don't know what that is. But basically, mm. I used to work there, and I used to have to walk up these stairs every really day to work. Literally, when I had knee pain, man, like I used to, f- like friggin', um, daunt walking up these stairs, man, because literally, like every every step would hurt, would kill. You mm. know what I mean? It was like literally debilitating. You know, yeah. like I'm like, what 22 years old, and I can't walk upstairs. You know, that's which like is crazy.
0: You know, you know something's going on. Yeah, right? yeah. It's not normal. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And this is this is around the time where I was uh, actually trying out for um, SBL at the time. So like uh, yeah. that's that's part of the reason why my knee pain got so bad. Because if anyone has played SBL or has played a high levels of basketball, like obviously I just started training on top of the games I was playing on top of the training sessions I'm doing. I just started training and trying out SBL. And then that was a huge spike in workload in itself because those training mm. sessions are crazy intense, man. Almost like like they they run you into the ground. Yeah. They run you into the ground, man. You know? And it's just like no wonder like it got so bad. Like literally, um, had one of my mates driving me at the time and sitting in the back of a car for like thirty minutes, like with my knee in a bent position, killed, man, and like literally like um in terms of that, in terms of why it killed like, like putting your knee in a more bent on flex position, puts more compressive forces on the tendon, mm-hmm. which can in turn spike pain. your knee pain. and pain. Yeah. Which is why it's a good idea, like when you are in the height of your knee pain to avoid deep knee flexion, or yep. deep knee bend, yep. Knee yep. movements, so. I was just gonna say,
0: no because um, you went there yesterday, uh, one of my mates, uh, Eddie, he plays a lot of basketball, he jumps with us, and he also does the jump X training on top of that. Yeah. So just from that, that's a lot of load, right? Yeah. And yesterday, his knees were playing up. Yeah. And he's like, what do I do? I yeah. said, first of all, stop. Yeah. He stopped. Got him to do some ISOs. Yeah. You know, decrease the pain a bit. Yeah. And I said, whenever you can, you know, when you're sitting at home, you know, when you're playing games, whatever, as much as you can, try and get your knee just like that. Yeah. Keep it, yeah, avoid this position. Yes. When you're sleeping, yeah. like consciously be like, but I'm sleeping, I want my leg to be like this. Because yeah. you know, sometimes you sleep with a bit bent, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a relevant example. It's right kind of there. funny, we were talking
1: about that when we saw him, saw him playing, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Mm. but yeah, like going back to going back to your
0: knee pain, yeah, how long did that last for? To where I couldn't really jump, yeah, because for you guys who don't really know you know too much about the whole reason why you get knee pain and all that kind of stuff the thing with tendinopathy is there's two differences there's tendinitis the itis meaning inflammation meaning you can get rid of it there's opathy which is like you've got it forever right mm. so you know about this Yeah. So with the t- once you t- get into yeah. the tendinopathy stage you can't go back so it's not about getting rid of the pain it's about getting the pain to a manageable level Correct? yeah so I'm hundred percent in the tendonopathy stage, and bro, it's so all you, right? Yeah, and that's. And I the feel point, like a lot of people are, and they don't even know it. That's
1: the point where that you literally got holes or hole a hole in your holes tendon. Holes in your tendon, right? Yeah.
0: So, what? Well, wait, what was the actual question? You said like, how long did it last? Yeah. The stage it lasted where it was you know unbearable where I couldn't jump, squat, anything like that. Maybe like two weeks. I wasn't. I was eighteen at this point, so yeah. obviously I could recover a lot quicker and get back from that. Yeah. And then, yeah, ever since then, there's never been a point where I've, like, not been out of dunk because of knee pain. Yeah. You know, sometimes, obviously, I'll have those days where it hurts, like, I'll wake up and be like, eh, might take me a little, you know, a little longer to get warm, but it's never really gone over, like, a 6 out of 10. Yeah. And generally, what we like to say is under a 3 is a good level, right? Yeah. So, yeah, ever since then, like, 2019, at the start of it, it's been good. Yeah, so that's because i managed it. So you've only really had
1: one bad Standard. flare-up. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. interesting. Yeah, I've actually had two bad flare-ups. Mm-hmm. There was two points where I had to stop jumping mm-hmm. completely yeah. and then ease back into it super slowly. You know, yeah. like there was one point, oh, it was late, it was actually late 2020 where it flared, my knee pain flared up really bad again. And it's because I had, on the, when was it? Yeah, it was a Friday, I had a huge jump session
0: off one foot as well. Yeah, it was off if one If it was 2020, foot. you would've
1: been jumping off one hell of a- Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause, um, yeah, no, so like I had a huge uh jump session. And the next day I went too heavy on my squat. And then, yeah, like my knees were, or before the huge jump session, my knees, like were, the pain was like well below three as It was like probably like a one. But I was starting to notice like mm. little little whispers, right? Little whispers. And what, yeah. I, what do I like to tell you and like to tell a lot of people? Like, listen to your body when it's whispering, don't wait for it to yell, to yell, yeah. to start yelling. Because once it starts yelling, it's too late, it's too hard to quiet them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so basically, you didn't listen to the whisper, I didn't listen to the whisper, mm-hmm. a huge jump session. Uh, went to having my squat and then my knees flared up like right. crazy and then I had to stop jumping completely for like a month and then ease back into it and literally mm-hmm. like every time you get an injury or you get a flare up or something like that happens it sets you back quite a lot so like literally the, the more you can put yourself in situations to reduce your chances of injury the more you're actually going to progress yes. long term because if you're just like trying to force things into quickly and to uh, fast. You might feel like you you're trying to like progress faster, and you're gonna progress faster. Mm-hmm. But if you end up getting hurt again, then you're progressing slowly. Yeah. So what's like what's better to wait a little bit longer? So when you're in, like, say, for example, we use knee pain for example. When you're in the height of your knee pain, ease into it slowly. It might take a month to get back to where you were, but um, uh, that one one month is. Like quicker than say trying to ease back into or ease back into it too quickly, exactly. flare it up again, and then be out two months. Exactly. And then it's two months you're out now instead yeah. of one month. You know what I mean? So this is where it's really important important when you're going through an injury to be patient to ensure you're not rushing back too fast. Because if you rush too back too fast before you're ready, mm. then yeah, you're just asking so just to be out. Afraid. You're asking be out longer. Yeah. So.
0: That that actually kind of reminds me of my pet peeve. Another one of my pet peeves is when people would damn me on Instagram and be like, how much bounce can you get me in a month? I'm like, first of all, that's like the complete wrong attitude to have for many yeah. reasons. First of all, yeah. if you wanna get good at jumping and like seriously good, you need to dedicate years to this. Yeah. So you gotta be in it for long term. Yeah. Second of all, it's just a terrible mindset to have, like yeah. just quick gratification. The third is kind of like what you were saying. If you're you know, trying to get the most vert you can in a month, what are you gonna do? You're gonna like blast yourself in the gym doing you know, stupid volume. And what's, what's going to happen? You get hurt, right? Yeah. And you're going to decrease your vert because yeah. you're going to have to rest. So, again, yeah. what you were saying, I'd rather you slowly build up, not get hurt, and actually program it like a smart person.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing. Here's the thing a lot of people don't realize and it's a lesson I've had to learn throughout my training career. Sometimes less, less is more. So, in terms of yeah. like, when you're first starting out training, especially when you're first starting out training for vertical jump, right? Mm. Basically, like... You can't handle the same amount of workload and volume, like, say, for example, you could or I could at this point, because mm. I've been training like seven years. You've been training four, five? Four. Yeah, around four years, right? Mm. Um, so, someone that's first starting out training, doesn't have any training experience, can't handle the same workload and yeah. volume we have. And that's why anyone that gets on Jump X, uh, like, quick little plug here anyone that gets on Jump X, like, your training is gonna be completely different to, say, someone that's been training like for four years or has four or five years experience training.
0: That's the value in custom programming though. Exactly. Because everyone exactly. needs different things, different ages. Exactly. Isaiah, he's not on uh, jumpex at the moment, but uh, you know Isaiah, the um, guy from England, right? Yeah. He's in his 40s. Obviously, we have to program different for someone who's in their 40s compared to, let's go, Zane, yeah. 17. Yeah. Very different ages. They're yeah. going to need different things. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah's been training way longer than then Zane, Zane's only been training like half a
1: year, and that's just like one variable that influences yeah, your yeah, training. Exactly. Like literally, you have so many variables that yeah. I probably won't even do justice listing right now. But here's that's a, another podcast. That's like, another podcast. Yeah, like literally, we'll talk about it another time. Could we'll talk yeah. about that for, for like ages, man. Ages. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, you know doubt, yeah,
0: but it's like it's serious. It's not just yeah. us saying it. Like, if you want to seriously get good at doing something, you're gonna do it differently than everyone else. Like, yeah. What you need is different to what I need. Right? Yeah. And then people say, "Oh, Austin's doing quarter squats. I should do quarter squats because yeah, Austin yeah. jumps high. Yeah, yeah. But may- maybe, maybe you need to do quarter squats. Yeah. <laughs> but most likely you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you've never trained before, like yeah, you shouldn't because that's very specific. Yeah, they're very heavy. and they're very intense. Yeah. Yeah. But Very again, we can get up, we can go on
1: a tangent here. Yeah, yeah these, these are just so many like side topics we'll like, cover like in other podcasts, man. Like, yeah. but uh, li- literally getting back to like our injury uh list, Quest. so I like, just give everyone like a rundown. Okay, of, so like injuries. Bit yours,
0: yeah. Achilles tendonitis, um, quad tendonitis, yeah, F- your finger, you fucked
1: it somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I dislocated my finger yep. back in the day when I was playing basketball, but yep. it's not a big deal, you know, like... Meniscus. Meniscus. Uh, I have strained my quad a few times. True. True. Um... That's, uh... That's... That's really about it for me. But real quick, just coming my Achilles. My Achilles... Yeah, weird. T- It was so weird, man. Like, literally, like... I was sort of like... I wasn't, like, fully deconditioned, but I was like with a half decondition to like sprinting at the time. Yeah. And then I went and did four sets of 15 yeah. meter, heel yeah. sprints. And obviously because on a heel sprint, uh, and you're running up a heel, it puts the uh, calf muscle and Achilles muscle more in stretch, mm-hmm. which obviously loads that tendon more, puts mm-hmm. more forces on that tendon, I guess, I guess locally, right? Um, and yeah, it flared it my Achilles like right up, like down near uh, the heel where my heel bone is. And what do you call so, that? Eh? What kind of...? Inser- insertional yeah, yeah, yeah. Achilles tendinopathy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, I struggled with that for ages. Still struggle with it, like, I gotta build up really slowly. Mm. If I'm doing any sort of plyometrics, any sort of sprinting, um, I'm gonna build up so, so slowly, because it's actually very sensitive to load. But as long as I build up slowly, it's fine. Know what I mean? I can handle yeah. Like quite a lot in terms of in terms of jumping, one foot jumping, two foot jumping, it seems to handle really well. Actually, it doesn't seem to bother my Achilles at all, which is good. Yeah. So it's I think sprints and pliers. It's you know, know. Yeah, sprints yeah. and pliers, Yeah, flare it up, man. Yep. But yeah, that, you know, that's my injury. Let's just get into yours.
0: Okay, so, so I'm not gonna know everything from like my childhood because it's not really relevant. But ever yeah. since I've been dunking, uh broken and dislocated right hand from dunking. It's on YouTube. Um, torn hamstring. I actually, didn't know about that one. Yeah, I'll send you a video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, torn left hamstring. I did that sprinting in the park. It was a cold day. Probably didn't want right. Yeah. It was so weird. Did not feel tight at all. I remember just running and then feeling like a gunshot to my hamstring. Yeah. I thought it was a cramp, bro. That's crazy. And it just didn't go away. I was like, fuck, man. My mate Chris was with me and. So-
1: like you didn't feel like you know like when I've like strained a muscle in the past kind of... it feels like it feels like a rubber band snapping. Right. Like for me, so when I strain my quad, like like as when my quad is in the most stretched position. position, like at the bottom of the squat for example, and it felt like like if you guys can imagine a rubber band, say a rubber band like stretched out, it felt like the rubber band just kind of ripping. Mm. Is that what your hamstring felt like it when you did it? Or...
0: But yeah, it was just like an instant pain. Yeah. Just like yeah, just like in the middle, it was like, the. It actually quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the weird thing is, I mean, I've told you this, like I didn't stop training through it. Like I just heat rubbed it and put like tape on it, which by the way, never do this. I was young and dumb. Like it was, I was so lucky to get away with it, probably because I was young. So obviously it wasn't like oh, uh, tear, right? Probably more a strain, mm. and same with you. Well, you say more strain than tear? No, mine was
1: definitely it was like it was, it was pretty minor,
0: yeah. Like, right. honestly, like, it only kept me out like a week, yeah. So, and then, yeah, obviously the knee pain on my left patella, and then of recent, uh, my glute. Now, it's different with the glute because I was already tight from doing split squats two days prior, and I did a deadlifting, I pulled my glute. That's different to the hamstring, where it's just random just happened out of nowhere Mm. so i could already feel the tightness kind of like doms If you guys know what that is like muscle soreness Mm. i already had doms in my glute and then it was just a random set i went on my second rep i tried to pull it up soon as the plates like lifted off the ground and i broke the floor i just i felt it rip and i knew it was (laughs) bad Mm. yeah and that was so tomorrow's saturday it'd be three weeks tomorrow it's a scary thing right yeah when that happens yeah so i think that's all the injuries i've had since i was dunking but this is this is yeah. like this
1: is like what you sign up for when you're improving your vertical jump mm. like, like literally like going out and max f max have the jumping like if anyone's into cars, it's like going out and redlining your car every week so it's like gonna gonna break, something's bound to go wrong at some point like it's like if you go through your whole jumping career and stay a hundred percent healthy, like you're so lucky. lucky, so lucky. Or you haven't been training hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's just about just about reducing your chances as much as possible. And putting your situ- putting yourself in situations mm. as much as possible to reduce your chances. So, like one, making sure you're warming up well and properly. You know, going through a full dynamic mm. warm up, um, doing all that isos, all that diet. Yeah, just a little one percenters. Is- like n- not even one percenters. These are big things. Are the big diet's thing. not a one Yeah, like don't. don't one, get diet diet is like a fifty percenter. Yeah. You know. One percent diet- would be
0: more like contrast showers or. Yeah. Like, yeah. Know, a, wearing, yeah. This is this is
1: a whole. This is another like, like, podcast in itself. Like all the little recovery, yeah, recovery podcast. That yeah. should going get hard. Yeah. So like, leave uh, leave in the comments if you guys want a recovery podcast. Or just
0: any ideas you have, like yeah. that you want us to cover,
1: right? But yeah, um, but literally like. Like yeah, not even one percent, it's like food, it's like fifty percent. Yeah. And then sleep, fifty percent water hydration. That's big, man. That's huge. That's, honestly, I think like, that's why it happened to me. Sleep and water. Sleep and water, man. That's huge in terms of I preventing think water's underrated. preventing muscle strains and tears. Mm, being obviously. like making sure you sleep, slept properly, and also being fully hydrated. Yeah. So those are big feats, yeah, well, man. Guys,
0: you're 70% water. <clears throat> if you if you're you're not limiting yeah. your water, or you're not drinking enough, what are you doing to yourself? You're going you're to you're gonna, hurt yourself, right? Yeah,
1: and literally, though, uh, it actually, limits your performance not being hydrated. Like, literally, would would I be right in saying that not being properly hydrated can limit how high you can jump on that day?
0: Yeah. I mean, we don't have to go into the physiology behind yeah. it, but just know that your body needs water enough for your muscles to contract mm. optimally. Yeah. If they can't contract exactly. optimally, you're not going to jump high because you're not going to have to Forces exactly,
1: science, right? it's the same for your strength sessions as well. Oh Where yeah, literally, yep. like if you're going for one RM mm-hmm. or testing your strength, not being fully hydrated, you could have probably hit a higher number if you're fully hydrated versus not. Yep,
0: Which and then we can crazy get man, electrolytes. Yeah, well, there's so much we could get into, but so we'll much. keep it there for now. Um, mm-hmm. should we probably wrap it up at this point?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. just obviously like ending off the podcast. If you guys are looking for training or looking for uh, extra help with your training you're looking for that um, like we're well, taking your training to the next level looking for your training to be properly structured properly individualized um, to you and your individual needs um, head to uh, Instagram page Jump X um, there's a link at Jump X
0: Performance Coaching yeah
1: word. yeah there's a link there send us send us a DM uh, send us a DM start now so then we know you're from the podcast um, and basically we'll set up a consultation call so we can find out more about you and your goals see how we can help you and what we need to do and where we need to start you in terms of your training
0: um, and yeah we'll get you started from there yeah, and what you get is you get you know your custom program but you also get access to awesome eye in a group chat right hmm and that's kind of where we hold some of our values because if you're in a group chat with us it's like a two-on-one coaching experience yeah ask us any questions you have about your training yeah diet whatever yeah and we are there you know, we'll respond to you, help you out. And, yeah. yeah, you get us as your coaches, we've probably been where you've been before, so anything that you have, any concerns, you know, oh I've run into knee pain. We're here to help you. So yeah. Uh, as you essentially said, essentially
1: we've walked the talk. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So basically huge value there in terms of having um access to us. So like literally any question you can think of in the world, mm. can be nothing to do with your training. Like we can educate you, help yep. you, help you with your training uh but yeah guys we'll end it we'll end it off there hope you guys enjoyed um if you did enjoy this podcast um please leave a like it helps us out it helps us know whether uh we should make more of these or not leave a comment let us know if you have any ideas for future podcasts um was there anything you want to say before we end off subscribe yes subscribe subscribe and yeah we'll see you in the next one guys
0: see ya